Hello and welcome to the Anchor Sunday Sermons podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word with our Sunday sermons here in this podcast. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. The interesting thing is all evil that's been perpetrated in our world today has its base in lying. And a lot of what you see on the Prophecy Update and around the world is based on lies. There's there's a, a disregard for the truth these days. And that goes into what we're going to talk about today with the commandment of thou shalt not lie. Everybody understands that um, lying is a problem, but I don't think I don't think a lot of people have taken the time to really investigate all that the command implies on a society and then on, a, on us as an individual. And again, you don't have to be taught what, what lying is. It actually becomes very natural to us because of our sin nature. Um, you don't have to teach kids to lie. They are, actually do it automatically. Isn't that weird? That you have to teach the kids the opposite. You have to teach them to tell the truth. And... And everybody that's had kids knows this. And what they have found, even with kids, the smarter the kid, the more, more opportunities they will take to lie. Um, because they figure out that once you go through life, that you can manipulate the situation, you can lie, and you actually can get things. Because the way our world is designed, it is Satan's world. And it's his satanic system. So this system rewards those who practice its principles. That's why liars sometimes get away with things in this world, not with God, but with this world. And they get certain things. That's why you see people perpetrating lies right on us uh, about vaccines, about mandates, all this junk, Afghanistan, and it's all coming from lies. And like, no one's going to go to jail, right, for doing things like this. They just won't Uh, because this world rewards them. It's Satan's world. And Satan is the father of lies, and therefore he rewards those who lie in his world. Now, there's coming, coming a day of reckoning, obviously, and the Lord's going to uh, call to attention every word or thoughts people spoke. But for now, they think they're getting away with it. And unfortunately, what's happening is in our society, we've had a breakdown of the truth. More and more people believe that lying is acceptable. Like 20% of people say this. They say that in order to get through their day, they have to do premeditated lies in order to get through their day. That's people planning that I'm going to lie today in order to get through my work day or whatever that might be. They premeditate it. And what we're starting to realize is that people um, are managing life through lying. And that's not how God wants things. Because here's the, the, the toll um, on you as an individual. If a person becomes a habitual liar and lying becomes a way of managing life, what will happen is the person will start becoming detached from reality. Because in their minds, if they create an alternative reality, they will get further and further from reality. And therefore, this fantasy world that they create creates a dilemma for them. And eventually, 
they start believing their own lies. That's dangerous. And when someone starts believing their own lies, that's when they make very poor, bad decisions and sinful decisions. So it is, it is, it is a major deal. We're going to talk about this next week on a personal level, how lies affect us and get us out of reality and more in depth. But what I want to concentrate on this week is how it affects society and families. That's the main thrust of the command uh, with thou shalt not lie. It's, it's given in a courtroom setting, the way, the way it's framed by Moses in the Ten Commandments. Now, let me show you something in Hebrew. This is interesting. There, let me show you the alphabet in the Hebrew. And the alphabet is just 22 letters. But I want you to see the word truth in the Hebrew alphabet. And it's emet, okay? That's how you say truth in Hebrew. But I want you to notice what it does with the alphabet, what letters it encompasses in the name truth, emet. It starts off, you read it from right to left, the opposite, then English. And you have, you have an aleph, that's like their A, right? And then your meme is like their M sound, and then your ta is the T sound, um, and it's the last letter of the alphabet. Notice, this is not an accident, okay? Notice that the word truth encompasses the beginning, the middle, and the end of the Hebrew alphabet. Why? Because when God speaks truth, he speaks reality from pillar to post. Anything that God says is reality. When he says something is wrong, it's wrong. When something is right, it's right. And that's reality. But Satan wants to come up against the truth by giving unreality through lies to get people away from this reality that God has set. And, and that's why the stakes are so high in America and around the world with this constant lying by people. It is causing a destruction of our society. Let me show you a little bit. Let's, let's go back to Genesis real quick. And I want to show you how reality was created by God's word, right? He created all things. And then I want you to see how Satan tries to unravel it with Eve. And I want to walk you through it because the pattern you're going to see with Eve is what you're going to see throughout life and society and your life as well. So let's go back to the garden of, of Eve being deceived. And it says this, Satan says this, and he said to the woman, has God indeed said? Now here's the deal. That's obviously putting a doubt in someone's head. You doubt the truth, right? And so like right now, you're told by people in the media to doubt the truth from doctors who know about these vaccines and know about all these things that are going on with reactions to these vaccines. And they say, oh, yes, that's conspiracy stuff. Yeah, you're a tinfoil hat brigade guy. And what they're trying to do is put doubt into your mind. That's a subtle technique that Satan employs. So he doubts the truth, has God indeed said. Is it true we really left Americans behind in Afghanistan. Is that true? Or did you, did you hear that from QAnon? Come on. 
you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Notice what he says. Satan comes back and says, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden. He distorts the truth. God never said you shall not eat of every tree of the fruit. In fact, he said you can eat of all the trees except one, knowledge of good and evil, right? So Satan goes in and distorts the truth. That's not what was said. He changes it. And then he goes in verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now what happened? All of a sudden, with him putting doubt and distorting the truth, all of a sudden, Eve has changed reality. How so? She is added to the command. Okay? You should not touch it. Is not was not anything God said. It just said you should you shall not eat it. But she added, right there shows you how easy it was to get Eve to change reality. And how easy it is for us to change reality if we, Satan can get us to doubt and distort the truth. Watch what happens. Then he comes back and he says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. That's a flat-out denial of the truth. Denying the truth, denying what God has said. So then Satan is going to deny the truth in our lives. Oh, you know, the, you hear these adverse reactions from these vaccines. That's just not true, man. That's just all made up. That's crazy talk. People believe it. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what does he do? He discredits the truth teller. He discredits the source of where the truth is coming. Have you noticed that even in this topic of these doctors that are telling the truth, like Simone Gold, American Frontline Doctors, Dr. Zelenko, and even the guy who invented the mRNA vaccine are being shut down, being vilified, discredited. See, the technique is being used. And this technique is being used through politicians, globalists, everybody is now using it. The, the mainstream media, everybody is using it to break things down. Lies destroy a society. And that's what we're watching. Let's investigate the text real quick. Let's parse it out and to understand it from the best standpoint we can. You should not bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay, so the, the fact of that statement right there is a legal statement. This is what, the, what you would use in a court of law. So it comes from the Israeli court systems. It is... It is used in the court, but it can be used outside the court, okay? So we can apply it to outside of a, a, a testimonial setting. But that's the, the idea. Why is this in a court setting? Because the justice of Israel must be protected. And you can't protect justice if you're going to lie. You, can't, you have to protect the truth. You have to protect justice and righteousness. And therefore, that's why the command is saying you cannot bear false witness. That's in a court of law against your neighbor. So let's, let's, let's unpack this. First of all, let's unpack the word neighbor. What does that mean? What does that imply? Who is my neighbor? Remember, they asked Jesus about this. You know what had happened? It, by the time of Jesus' day, the rabbis, in, in fact, the Pharisees, 
had restricted the meaning of this word. The meaning to them, as they interpreted it incorrectly, that neighbor only meant another Jew. That you could treat Gentiles however you want, and you could actually lie to Gentiles if you needed to. Okay? Then the Pharisees even whittled it down even further and said, no, no, a neighbor is just another Pharisee, which permitted them then to lie to other Jews and to lie to Gentiles. It was a total perversion of justice, right? That's why Jesus got on to them about all the nonsense they were doing. These religious leaders were frauds, hypocrites, right? He called them, right? But I want to bridge something to what was happening in Jesus' day to us. See, in people's mind, they don't understand this passage. Neighbor means all people. No one has the right to be lied to. Everyone has the right to truth. That's the whole point of the passage. So neighbor means any human being cannot be lied against. But see, how, but notice how they whittle it down. The rabbis whittle it down to just Jews or even just Pharisees. See, that's a technique that justifies them lying to other people. And it's happening today. See, right now, they believe that the ends justify the means and that it's okay to lie to groups of people here in America. And they feel quite justified in doing so. They won't lie to their little group because their little group is in on it the global elites or whatever, but they'll lie to the rest of us because in their world, it's okay to lie. So for instance, let's take Fauci for example. Fauci believed in the noble lie. Do you know what lie he believed was okay to tell? That the masks work. What do you mean? He's got caught saying, well, everyone needs to wear a mask, right? And he got caught saying that he, the reason he, he made that mandate and that cloth mask, you could wear cloth mask or whatever, you just need to wear a mask, is so that there wouldn't be a run on the N95 mask. And so he said he did a noble lie in order to prevent a run on the N95. So people were fooling themselves by buying a mask off Amazon or any one of these retailers are wearing a cloth mask. It wouldn't work. And he knew it wouldn't work. But he lied to everybody because he didn't want to run. And that is his noble lie. Now, we know more of the lies, right? But you see, that's an example of someone saying, look, between the medical community, we know what's happening. We're just not going to tell you what's happening. So we're going to lie to the American people in order to justify the ends that we need to have. That's the problem. That when you think you can lie to certain groups of people or an entire nation for that matter, then, then you're on that level of not understanding who my neighbor is. Further unpack this. Against your neighbor. Against your neighbor. So it's a lie told against someone else. Okay? Now, what, it's, what, what that means is that there is an exception clause built into it. You cannot lie against somebody. But the exception to this clause is very narrow, and it requires an individual to lie when you're saving a life. Okay? 
So it's a lie to save a life is not against somebody. It's actually for saving somebody. It's not against, it's for. So for instance, in the Bible, when Pharaoh commanded the Hebrew midwives to do what? To kill the babies when they're born, what did they do? They lied in order to save the little babies. Remember that? And they were praised by God for doing so. Rahab, the harlot, protected the two spies of Israel in Jericho because if they would have been found out, they would have been killed. She lies to protect their life. She's commended. In the last century, if you and I were in Nazi Germany and we were hiding Jews from the Holocaust and, and uh, SS troops would have showed up at your door and knocked and said, do you have Jews li living here? You would be obligated morally to lie in order to protect that life because the life is the higher value. And so the funny thing is the, uh, of how this command is given, you cannot lie against somebody, but you can lie for saving a life. So it gives that out. So just I want to make that, that point because some people see this as a blanket. Well, it's a blanket about 99%, but you have to have the exception clause in it because it was demonstrated in biblical history that that was okay to do. So anyway, let me add three more requirements to this. And, and, and I, I don't have time to go through all the, the passages, but there was three more requirements in a court setting that had to happen. Number one, you had to have two or three witnesses to establish an indictment. This is a big deal. I want you to think about our court systems. See, you remember the situation where the woman that was caught in adultery was brought to the Lord? Remember that? And they said, Lord, we caught her in adultery. What should we do? Now, we're trying to catch the Lord in the situation where, you know, the Jews didn't have the right to, to stone anybody because the Romans had taken that away. So they wanted to see if he would defy Rome or if he would defy Moses. And because she was caught in adultery, she should be stoned to death, right? And so they thought they had caught him. What they didn't realize is the one who were, they were talking to who was writing on the ground is the same finger that wrote the Ten Commandments. And they thought they had him, but they didn't understand. He knew the law better than they did. In order to establish a person's guilt, you must produce two or three witnesses. They didn't produce them. So he lets her off. A lot of people don't understand the story. They think, well, God's given, uh, Jesus has given her grace. Oh, no, no, no. According to the law, if you don't have two or three witnesses, there can't be an indictment. But what does he say to her when she leaves? Go and sin no more. He knows she did. But under Moses' law, the one he wrote, she can't be condemned because she didn't have witnesses. As the lawgiver, he abides by his own law, doesn't he? because he's the one who wrote it. But you have to have two or three witnesses. And that applies into the New Testament as well. Now, think about, think about the witnesses. I want you to think about our legal system. The second point is that false witnesses would be given the same sentence. Have you ever been in a courtroom with somebody else suing you or going through some nasty entanglement in a court situation, and the person you thought was your friend, the person you thought was you know, uh, maybe a sibling, a family member, whatever, and, or a buddy at work or a friend of yours, and they will flat out lie right in court like a snake. 
And they've sworn on a Bible. And they will flat out lie about you, lie about the situation. You know what stopped a lot of that in Israel? Is if you were found to be a false witness, you got the same sentence. You think that would stop things? Oh, if I get caught in perjury, I just don't get a slap on the wrist. You actually would be penalized. Just if so, they're going to send uh, serve out a year. You're going to serve out a year. If it's a death penalty situation and you lie in a death penalty situation, you too will die. Whoa, that would stop a lot of the nonsense with these lawyers lying in courts. Let me tell you something. Might shock you. But when people are in court, even though they lie under, they're swearing under oath, they will flat out lie. I mean bad, real bad. Let me show you how bad they lie. You know what the most common lie in a divorce situation in the court in order to get custody of the kids? You know what the most common lie is? It's this. He's molesting the kids. the most common thing. I've seen it. I've heard it. By Christians. Christians will make that stuff up. They will go to the employer where that guy works and tell them he's molesting the kids just to get custody. I hear a snake in all of that, don't I? Three, the witnesses had to initiate the penalty in murder trials. So if you were a witness to some guy who who was deemed to uh, commit a capital uh, sin and then capital punishment, the ones who witnessed it would actually be the ones who initiated the penalty. That brings a whole new ballgame here. There's no one on death row, no waiting it out, anything like that. The people of that community who saw it would actually execute the person for that. Now, here's the thing. People think that's very harsh, but what it is is a deterrent, number one, and it's a sense of justice, a big sense of justice, that if you mess around and you commit criminal activity, Israel will take care of business. Think about this. As long as Israel has lasted, not today, but up until the time when they were kicked out of the country uh, back in uh, like 136 AD, Israel did not have a prison system. No prisons. You will not see that in the Bible. And they had, they had places of refuge that you go and wait till your trial is done. But there was no prisons. Do you know why? Because of these laws. They were so stringent that no one wanted to mess around. I'm not saying they didn't have crime. They did. But I'll say even today, it's safer to walk in Jerusalem at 2 in the morning among the, in the Jewish quarter then walking in downtown L.A. or Dallas or San Francisco or New York. Because the Jews don't mess with each other. They abide by these laws, and it's very safe there. Who you would have to worry about if you went to the, the, uh, Jerusalem is going into the Palestinian area or uh, the eastern side or close to uh, the West Bank is where you would have to be worried about because you have terrorists going on in there, Islamic terrorists. You're not going to get worry about Jew on Jew or Jew committing crimes against Jew. That doesn't happen. The crime rate is extremely low in Israel, really low because of this. They obey it. They do it. They practice it and it changes their culture. 
That being the case then, now let's move into the application of it. Now we have an understanding from a legal standpoint, but now let's move into thou shalt not lie as far as it applies to society and applies to families. Okay? Like I said, next week I'm going to go into a personal application of what happens to us if we habitually lie. What will it do to us uh, and, and relationally and personally as well? But let's start on society because this is the aim of uh, the command. What I'm going to share with you did happen with Israel and then is happening right now in our country, and you'll identify it as we go through it. So the first thing that will happen and happened in Israel's history is that when they started practicing lies and deceit and they had the wrong leaders, the lies destroyed justice. Justice wasn't met. So whether it was uh, Ahab and Jezebel getting leadership and lying their, through their teeth, it created a sense of a loss of justice in Israel. Remember, they stole the vineyard from Naboth. They just took it. It's theirs. So the idea in what will happen in our society is you will see justice disappear. So let, let's, let's talk about Afghanistan just real briefly with the, the major problem we saw with Biden administration making a deal with the Taliban. Guys? Go to the next one. So people believe that this is a major screw-up. It's not. It was planned. They knew they were going to do it, and it happened. We left billions of dollars of, of, of equipment there, military equipment. And as you know, we've left Americans. We left Christians there. We have people on the tarmac that can't leave. Glenn Beck's got uh, airplanes there full of people trying to leave Christians, missionaries, can't get them off the ground. And our State Department continues to lie. Oh, yeah, we're, they can leave. They can leave. The, the Taliban's not going to stop them. They're lying. This is one of the biggest injustices we have seen in the Biden administration. It is horrible. And it doesn't matter if it's just Biden or whoever. This is horrible. This is a ma major injustice. Now we have the Pineapple Express. We have ex-military going in there trying to rescue our own people. Who does that? Who leaves people behind? He does. The State Department. And the deals that were made leave them behind to terrorist organizations. Think about this. The Obama administration allowed these detainees in Gitmo to get out. These guys, these thugs, these Islamic terrorists that we had in Gitmo, we let out. And guess what? Four or five of them now is in leadership with the Taliban. Isn't that wonderful? That's called injustice. Injustice. The fact that we let these goons out of Gitmo and now they're in leadership against us in the Taliban serves us right for letting them out. You see the injustice here? Let me ask you this. You think anybody is going to jail over this? Anyone's going to resign? Oh, man, that was a major mistake. I'm sorry. I'll resign. Any of our military top brass like Millie, is he going to resign? No, they're not. I was listening to, to, to reports um, on the memorial of 9-11 yesterday. And it is apparent that for 20 years, 20-something years, since 9-11, we haven't learned anything. I mean, not, not you and I, but our politicians and culture. 
about what happened at 9-11. Because you know what happened? Injustice happened, and nothing was done about it. Saudi Arabia was behind it. Osama bin Laden was there, and they, they blew up our buildings and killed thousands and thousands of people. Okay? But you know that no one was asked to resign? No one got fired after that happened? How did that happen? What, what's going on? Injustice. And now we move to the point of time, and I heard people say, well, you know, uh, the, the sad thing about uh, what happened after 9-11 is it just continued to make uh, uh, Americans more Islamophobic. That's what they got out of it. That's what they learned, that, oh, we're going to criminalize Americans, that we got attacked by Islam, ra uh, these radical followers of Islam, and that's, they're following the Islam to the T, by the way. They're the true practitioners of it. And what comes out of it is not to blame Islam for doing that, but to say Americans are Islamophobic. How did that happen? Because of injustice, because of lies. That's how it happened. And now we have these guys on the field. Here's what I keep reading. We keep letting the Afghanis come in here, unvetted. Now they're bringing in measles. We don't know who they are. There's no one watching them. And so report after report of, is saying Americans can expect terroristic activities in the near future. And when you start seeing that, it's because someone lied and said, oh, we're, we're vetting them. We know who's coming in here. Don't worry about it. They're fine. Watch what happens. So that's the first thing that we noticed. The second thing I want to talk about is uh, something that, that – let's talk about the jail system. Let's talk about the jail system. Think about this, guys. Here's, a, here's another example of injustice. So we've got female prisoners – in female jails, okay? But then the trannies who believe they're girls have demanded that they get put in, in female facilities. And no one sees a problem with this. And so what did they do? They allowed them to go over. So you get guys in, in, in female prisons. And lo and behold, the trannies all of a sudden are getting people pregnant. Oh, yeah. How could that happen? He's a trainee. Uh, and and, and, and then they're raping girls. Oh, yeah. We just couldn't foresee that. No way, because they were guys, now girls. How stupid can you be? It's injustice. And, I, you know, the, 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 the Women's sports, just to derive from this, women's sports is being destroyed by the, by, because of trainees. It's being destroyed. I want to say, where are all the women's rights people at? Where's the hashtag Me Too? Where's hashtag Me Too when trainees are going into the jails, raping the women in jails? Where's the hashtag Me Too? Believe the woman. Where's the movement? Gone, because you know why? Their handlers told them, shut up. That's why. Because they're on the same ticket. Two. Lies create false narratives. And believe it or not, as you see, the narrative will override the truth, facts and evidence. Have you noticed that you bring facts and evidence to people and they don't care? It's based on their feelings. Hitler said this. 
The broad mass of a nation will more easily fall victim to a big lie than to a small one. And you know what? He was right. He told a big lie about the Jews, didn't he, and created the Holocaust. And the German people just went right with it. Right now, you're having massive, massive lies, big, fat lies. And they're so big, people believe it. And some of the biggest perpetrators, like this guy Fauci, he's a massive liar. I, know, I understand he's part of the cabal. I get it. He's part of the globalist agenda. But this guy said he wasn't doing gain-of-function, and yet we find out he is. Gain-of-function, uh, we're turning viruses uh, to be more deadly uh, in the Wuhan lab, and we're making them more contagious. Huh. I wonder why someone would do such a thing. I'm making a, a, a pathogen in a lab that's more dangerous to humans and more contagious. And we're supposed to believe, oh, no, that's not happening. We wouldn't want to hurt people. They are intending to hurt people. All of these, these, these Babylonians believe in decreasing the human population. All of them do. They're eugenicists. Just like Hitler was. Let's get rid of the, the people we want to get rid of. Throw them in the ovens. Well, now it's not the ovens. Let's just get the virus and kill the weakened population. They'll kill, it'll kill the elderly. It'll kill those who are sick. I mean, I'm, I'm right back into Nazi Germany. I was watching Schindler's List the other day. Um, and what they were doing is they would march around these, the, the, the Jews in a circle naked to see who was fit and who was sick and who was weak. And what they did is they marched them around, and then they saw the weak and the sick and the elder, and they, just, they segwayed them out and then gassed them. And then everybody who was a fit body could stay and stay in the camp. And I'm looking at this whole scene in, in, in Schindler's List, and I'm thinking, that's exactly what they're doing with the vaccines. It's affecting those they want dead, the elderly, comorbidities, all kinds of other things. They're doing that on purpose. They're weeding them out, just like the Nazis running the Jews naked around in a circle. This is what's happening, and no one's picking up on it. They just believe the lie. The lie's so big. Oh, yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. People are not smart enough to pick up. Oh, now they're saying that you need a third booster. Oh, now, wait, wait. I've read other articles. You're going to need five boosters. Oh, and, and, and now the, the woman in Australia says, oh, no, you always be getting boosters for the rest of your life. Just get used to it. And then you'll be taking two pills a day along with it. Where's it end? It doesn't. That's the point. It's a lie, and it keeps going, and people keep believing the lie. It's so big. It's a Frankenstein monster. It's what it is. That's what they're doing. They're creating a Frankenstein. This gain of function, unbelievable. But try this one on for size. Birthing men. Yeah, birthing men. Have you ever heard of this? Menstruating men. Yeah. This is the new reality they want you to accept. Remember how Satan distorts, deceives, all that stuff? Distortion of reality. Well, we're supposed to accept this. And by the way, the rest of the world champions it. Oh, isn't it wonderful? He had a baby. It's not a he. It's a she. And she's taking testosterone and hormone blockers, estrogen blockers. It's a girl, because guys don't have babies. 
even though they want you to believe a guy has a baby. Guys don't menstruate. But yet, in, in, in the, the men's bathrooms, they're starting to put uh, things for them on their menstruation. In men's bathrooms. What world are you living in when they do that? Tell a lie big enough, and then you can believe that men give birth and men menstruate. And therefore, we're going to have a dispenser in there to put their menstruating stuff in. Are you out of your mind? You see the distortion. We're not even in reality. This is not a reality, but yet it's celebrated in our culture. Oh, that's normal. Isn't that great? <laughs> You're nuts. You're nuts. Three, the end justifies the means. Mentality will start to emerge out of lies. And what do you mean? Well, see, understand that behind the lie is the agenda. What they tell you is really never what they want. It's what's behind it. So they will lie to get you to believe something and hide the agenda. Okay, so this is called injustifies the means. Now, right now, you have to understand this prophetically. We're on fast pace to a global government, okay? We're on fast pace to a digital currency. We're on a fast pace to a global religion. Um, and that's where we're going. You, the Bible predicts it. We're in the middle of it. And this is going to happen, okay? So in order to get there, they knew they had to do something. And the big ticket item was to take down America. Well, how are we going to take down America? What they tried with America first was causing class warfare economically. What they found out that Americans, because of the free market, that didn't work very well. Okay? Because of the free market. So then they went back to the drawing board and they said, aha, we will do this to America. We will break America down racially because since it's a melting pot, one of the, the great things about America is you had all kinds of nationalities coming together under the banner of the Judeo-Christian system and the ideal of Americanism. That was the beauty of America. But they took what was beautiful and said, we will use their greatest strength against them and divide them racially into political groups. We call that uh, identity politics, where you divide people up according to their nationalities or ethnicities or whatever, and will make them loyal to their ethnicity rather than America, which have done a successful job. And they did it through critical race theory. Now, critical race theory has been with us a long time. It's the purest form of Marxism, by the way. But they're using critical race theory to divide people by race. So now you have the schools teaching this, and the colleges have been teaching this for decades, and basically saying, you're born a racist if you're white. You're just born. You can't get it out of you. And so you're going to need to apologize for your white privilege, yada, yada, yada. That's all critical race theory. And then if you move forward, what the schools are pushing is the 1619 Project. The 1619 Project was a, a complete disaster lie that this woman created. Even the New York Times, the commie rag that the New York Times is, even came against it and said, this is falsified information. This is not even historically accurate. Basically, the 1619 Project says this. It makes the claim that America wasn't founded in 1776, but it was founded in, in 1619 when the first slave ship hit America. And that's America's origins, and that's America's system, and so the system needs to be burned down and then build back better. That was a slogan, wasn't it? 
he didn't make that slogan up. That came from the UN, the World Economic Forum. That comes from globalist Build Back Better. Why do they say Build Back Better? It's to destroy the current system. And so the way to destroy the current system, say it's, it's systemically racist, we've got to get rid of it, it's no good, and we'll burn the whole thing down. Folks, they're doing it through our school systems. This is where it's at. They're making us divided on purpose. What's Satan's tactic? Divide and conquer. Divide the people, conquer them, because they're less strong. So if we put, they put everybody in their own nationality or ethnic backgrounds and, they do, and keep everybody separated, you have a divided nation. Bring America down. That's the tactic, and that's what's working. They're actually, think about this. The hypocrites are making things more racist because it serves their advantage. They're claiming racism, but they're making it more racist. Did you see that? It's called hypocrisy, but they use the tactic they say they're not doing. They, that which they claim of us, they themselves do. Do you really think the globalists care about people? They don't. All they care about is money. They use all these different things against people to make them think, oh, we're for you, man. We're going to help you. And they're lying. They're lying. Four, there will be two, a, a two-tiered system of justice. A two-tiered system of justice when people start practicing lies. Well, what do you mean? Well, remember, when, the, when I told you about the Pharisees saying, well, my neighbor is only another Pharisee, or even the rabbi saying, my, my neighbor's only a Jew. Well, the, you, you had a system of justice for Pharisees, but then you had another system for everyone else. This is why Jesus called them hypocrites, because they didn't even abide by their own system. Right? So we have people telling us to lock down, don't have family gatherings, but they themselves are doing what? Partying with their groupies at tables in restaurants without masks and vaccinations. Why is it okay for them to not do it, but we have to? Right? You see the two system tiered justice? It's just like, a, let, me, let me show you an example. You got uh, General Flynn that went to jail. And then you have Andrew McCabe that doesn't. McCabe should be locked up and the key should be thrown away for what he's up to and what he did. So should Comey. So should the rest of them in the FBI at the top levels who did such a horrible thing, undermining uh, our, our president and, and almost, well, I should say they're committing treason, basically. But Flynn goes to jail. Andrew McCabe doesn't. You have a two-tiered two system of justice. If you and I did something like that, we'd go to jail, right? This is happening. Think about this. So let's boil it down to the family level. How does this function in the family? The problem is, is favoritism, right? So the Pharisees favored their own Pharisees, right? The left favors their left. But even in, if you boil down lying down to a family, what will happen is, favoritism starts happening. Favoritism is a form of lying because it causes injustice. What do you mean? Well, in families, when, when you have a golden child versus the screw-up, whatever that might be, or whoever that might be, people will play their roles in the family as the family designates it. 
okay? So the rules for the golden child really don't apply. The golden child does something stupid, and they get a slap on the wrist. The screw-up does something stupid, and they get pounded, okay? They get pounded. And so obviously in the system, someone's lying to the kids. And here's the lie. We love you equally. No, you don't. You're lying. You favor one child over another. You're lying. That's the truth is you're practicing favoritism. And when you practice favoritism, which is a lie to the children, it will come up in injustice of one child being treated different than the other child. And, and guys, it's, it's so common. You see it in the Bible. You see it with the, the patriarchs did favoritism. It messed up the whole family. I have to sit down sometimes with families before a funeral, and, and we're sitting at a table, and they'll say, hey, man, you know, dad always liked you, and he couldn't stand me. And they're fighting over stuff at the table because of parents' favoritism. So you see, it goes down to that wire, to that level of how insidious this is when people lie, when they lie to their own kids, right? Five, positive rights given by the government will trounce inalienable rights given by God. That's a given, right? Positive rights are what the government creates for its special groups, okay? Inalienable rights come from God. What is our inalienable right about thou shalt not lie? The inalienable right is I should be dealt with with the truth, not lies. I have a right to the truth is what the command is saying. Okay, But here the problem is our society doesn't think like that. So, for instance, we'll have this situation going on in the Olympics where you have... We're moving? There we go. A dude who says he's a girl, he's a girl competing in Olympic powerlifting. Now, I don't know about you, but I can tell this is a dude. I'm not convinced, okay? It is a dude. But hormone blockers, estrogen, all that stuff is being given to this guy. Well, anyway, he goes and decides he's going to compete against women powerlifters. Well, these poor women have been training all their lives to go to the Olympics. They deserve their right to go to the Olympics. But he took someone's place because his positive rights to be a trainee overrides female competitors. And so he took someone's place. Now, I'm glad he lost, but at the end of the day, you, you see the problem? This is what starts happening that in lying, you start giving certain groups rights over others. And this is why I said women's sports are gone now. If they're going to continue to allow this, the, the, the female sports, Title IX, all that stuff is gone bye-bye. It is gone. And I've even seen some of these women athletes come up against this and say, hey, this is not right. And you know what happens to them? Shut down, censored, and go away. Because the trainee gets more rights. This is what happens when you lie. What's the lie here? The, the lie is that this, this is a girl. That's the lie. What's the truth? It's a dude. But you see what happens? It starts, when you go with the lie, it starts uh, taking away people's rights. Six, trust and commitment will be absent 
in all relationships, whether it's business, marital, friendships, family, neighbors, it doesn't matter. When you can't trust people, the relationship's gone. No trust equals no relationship. Now, I want you to think about it. Your relationship to the media. Not that you like the media, but what is your relationship to the media? Oh, I do not trust them. Right. What is your relationship to our government? Oh, I don't trust them. Do you know that other people do trust the government? In fact, you're watching it right now. There's a whole host of people that trust the government to tell them the right thing. Our founding fathers framed the United States and told people, don't trust your government. But yet, we got a bunch of people saying, I'm just going to do what the government tells me to do. Think about this. Look what's happening in Australia. Have you heard about what's happening there? Dude, they have destroyed the relationship with the people. So now here's what they're telling the people. If you're a good boy and you stay locked in your house and you don't go to the store and you do what we tell you to do, you get to go out of your house for one hour. One hour, you get to go out of your house. If you're a good boy, and the Australians say, okay. Now, I know not all the Australians, but the majority of them are going with this. I know there's a core of people listening to us from Australia. They write to us all the time, and they're not for this. But the rest of the culture is. Why are they doing that? Why do they believe people who lie to them? Look in New Zealand. One case of COVID, they shut down the whole nation. We're on lockdown. One guy, everything shuts down. What's the deal here? Scary, isn't it? So think about this on a personal level. If you're in a marriage, you're in a family, and where people lie constantly or habitually, how can you have a relationship with that person? You can't. It's impossible. If someone's always lying, if someone's always exaggerating, if someone's always giving half-truths, you can't trust that individual. If someone's always purposely deceiving you, this can't happen. This is why people are not getting married. Did you know that? What do you mean? Well, a lot of the singles are not getting married. This is a big phenomenon in Europe. It's also happening here in, in America. Why? Because the culture doesn't trust other people. So they don't trust other people, and so they would rather shack up instead of get married and be locked in. So they're opting not to marry and just go through serial monogamy without being married. Why? Because they don't trust people. They don't trust them. And this is the problem. See, lying destroys marriages, obviously. You can see that. It destroys relationships. Let's go to number seven then. Another implication is free speech will be eliminated to protect liars and the lies from the truth. So basically, as you have seen, the censorship has happened. It is happening, right? Massive suppression of truth. All these good doctors that come out and say, hey, this is a problem. All these guys, Zelenko, you know, uh, frontline doctors, Simone Gold, even the guy who invented the mRNA has been censored and silenced. Even us, we had YouTube deplatform us. Now we're on another channel, but we got deplatformed for why? Speaking the truth. People will actually put up CDC numbers on Facebook and Twitter 
And Twitter and Facebook will actually take it down. It's their own guys' numbers, the CDC numbers. Because you know why? The numbers don't lie, and they go against the narrative. So massive censoring is happening. And because of massive censoring, you move into other territories. And the next one is, is where you go after censoring. You start, number eight, vilifying truth-tellers. Vilifying truth-tellers. That's what starts happening. So let me talk about vilification of truth-tellers. You guys up with me? No, I'm talking to my, my guy back there. I know you're up with me. Have you noticed that anyone who speaks the truth now, whether it's Afghanistan, vaccines, mandates, it doesn't matter, uh, transgender stuff, anybody that speaks the truth, all of a sudden you're vilified, right? Now, here's the funny thing. You remember Jesus getting vilified constantly? He was a truth teller, right? But they didn't have anything on him. Couldn't make anything up. I mean, as far as, you know, hey, he, he, he told them, Oh, oh, what crime do you, or what sin do you accuse me of? Because he was sinless. So you know what happens when they can't get anything on you? Just make it up. We'll just make it up. And that's what they did against the Lord. That's what they will do with you because they don't know what to do with a truth teller. They have to silence you. They have to discredit you. And so right now, the Christian community is being discredited. And we're being discredited as some tinfoil hat brigade guy. That's how you're looked at by our society. And you put your pets in tinfoil hats as well. And so they, that's, that's how they look at you. Now, what, why do they do this? Because you're telling the truth, and also you're speaking biblical truth, saying, hey, we're in the last days, this thing's going down, digital currency, global government, and you're right. But they're coming against you saying, you're part of these QAnon guys. You're crazy. That's conspiracy theory. How, I can't believe you would be believing that, Brandon. Come on. And you're getting this. The scoffing is coming. But here's what shocks me. And I think it's shocking you too. We're getting scoffing from the other Christians. Okay? That say we're that guy. We're this cat right here. You guys are that. Other Christians are saying that. And here's the deal. You need to sell them. Your failure to be informed about prophecy and your ignorance about prophecy does not make me a wacko. Okay? You're, you're, they're just being ignorant of what's going down. Why do you think the other Christian community is vilifying you when you're speaking the truth? You know why? Because you're going to upset the apple cart with the truth. You're telling them you're not going back to normal. Things are changing. This place is going to Hades in a handbasket, and you're not going to get your life back. The problem is they're too worldly. They want their life back. So they think they can play this game by getting vaccinated and all this other stuff, play with the government, play with the government, and they'll get their lives back. You're not returning back. That's the truth. And they don't like it. So they would rather stay in the dark and be ignorant and pretend they're in some fantasy world that they're really not doing all this stuff. You who speak the truth scare people. And because you scare them, and rightfully so, they have to vilify you. So get used to it. Get, get some thick skin and be willing to call, be called the tinfoil hat brigade because that's what you're going to be called by other Christians. Oh, yeah, did you hear George W. Bush yesterday? 
He's a globalist, by the way. He put you and I, by inference, in the same camp with the Islamic terrorists. Yeah, that's old, that's old Bush guy. His daddy was a globalist. He's a globalist. Don't ever forget that. A lot of these Republicans are that way. They vilify you and I. We're, we're the crazy ones. We're the ones who stormed January 6th. And so we have some homegrown terrorists here. That's why do you know that you and I are on the Department of Homeland Security's watch list? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what happens. If they come against you, censor you, vilify you, they're hoping for this next thing to happen, which is number nine. Self-editing will start to occur. Because Christians don't like to be vilified, they don't like to be edited, they don't want to lose your reputation, then what will happen is the sin of silence will start being committed. Well, I better not say anything because you know what happens. If I say something, I'm going to lose my reputation. If I say something, it's going to mess this person up. If I say something, it's going to mess up my job. If I say something, yada, 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 I'll have some type of consequence for telling the truth. Ah, that's called the sin of silence. Let me show you the passage that deals with the sin of silence. Leviticus 5.1. If a person sins in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of the matter, if he does not tell it, he bears guilt. Period. End of story. This is required of us. If we see or know something is going down, we are obligated and responsible for giving that truth out. This goes in parallel with the watcher on the wall, Ezekiel 33, that the watcher on the wall has to speak out. The watcher on the wall has to say something. And if you don't, you commit the sin of silence. And if you commit the sin of silence, what will happen is the next thing will erupt. Number 10, cowardice will take hold of the people. Where were the Israelites when Jezebel took the reins of the kingdom? Where was the pushback? They let it happen. What happened? What, all those bad kings Israel had. A lot of them said nothing. Now, the prophets said something, but a lot of the prophets were killed, right? But the majority of the Israelites didn't say anything. See, the fear of man will keep you from saying something and will cause cowardice in you. And this is a scary thing because here's the deal. Here's a real world example right now. Right now, the Britons, the British, the French, the Greeks, and there's probably more, are now taking to the streets, not in riot fashion like... Antifa and Black Lives Matter did, but they're protesting in the streets against these draconian mandates about vaccinations. And God bless them. They need to. But here's my question. How come it's not happening in America? Biden just put out an order this week that any company over 100 has to have everyone vaccinated as employees, along with other federal employees, health care and medical uh, uh, industries. How come there's no protests? Well, there is in certain pockets, but not an overwhelming majority of people are doing this. Why is that? 
What's happened? What's going on? The French are outdoing us? Come on. All they're worried about is pastries over there, man. And they're taken to the streets? What's going on in America? Have we become too fat and lazy? Have we become too comfortable with our little lives? Are we too wrapped up in the materialism of what America has provided all these years? What is happening? Because, folks, if you don't have the answer to this, you won't know how to take your stand. Because I'm seeing cowardice. And the fact is, understand this, as an American and even as a Christian, rights were given to you by God. They're inalienable. Christ died for those rights. We have the image of the cross here to remind us of that and that freedom that he gives us. We also have the military across that board to remind us on the physical world what gives us the right to sit here in freedom. When I start seeing and you start seeing Americans just gladly hand over their rights to Fauci or to Biden or to their company or to whatever, their school, their college, and they're handing over those rights, please remember there are people who died for you to have those rights and there are people who sacrificed the, for you to have those rights, and we will shame them if we give over those rights that easy. That's what's happening. Do not shame those who died for you. Do not shame the veterans of America who died and fought and lived and sacrificed for you. And most of all, don't shame Jesus. He gave you those rights. Don't give them up. You fight for those rights. Hey, they might take them away from you, but you're going to go down fighting. That's how you have to approach this. And what is it all about? It's the war of truth versus lies. It boils down to the command, thou shalt not lie. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Anchor Sunday Sermons. We hope that this message is a blessing to you and helps grow you towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. Rock Harbor Church has recently started a second podcast called The Anchored Bible Study. It's filled with past and continuing Bible studies preached during our Wednesday evening services. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear it, please check the description of this episode or search your favorite podcast streaming services for The Anchor Bible Study. Support for both of our podcasts comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up, for our redemption draws near.